this is David Dearman. I'm the pastor at Memphis Tabernacle, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope that this message inspires you and builds your faith. I hope that it gives you fresh insight and strength to see God move in your life. Enjoy the message. The book of Romans chapter 8, finishing the series today. This is my fifth week. If you haven't uh, listened to the other four weeks, go back and listen to it. I think it's one of the most important uh, things that you can do is hear from God. How many of you know that the Holy Spirit knows everything about everything? And if we'll just follow his voice and know him, we'll be right in the right place we need to be. But um, Romans chapter 8, Romans chapter 8. It says this, for as many as are led, would you look at your screens, read it out with me. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Say it again. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. And then it says in verse 16, the Spirit himself, read it with me, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit. His Spirit bears witness with our spirit. We're led by the Spirit of God. Every believer, every Christian can hear the voice of the Lord. Every Christian and every believer can be led by the Holy Spirit. And the primary way we're led by the Spirit is down inside of our spirit. His Spirit, the Holy Spirit, lives inside of our spirit. And we have an inward witness. We have something on the inside that directs us, kind of like stop and go lights. Are you going the right direction or are you going the wrong direction? Sometimes you'll get up to something and you'll just think, I don't know what it is. I don't think I'm supposed to do that. Now, in my head, it all makes sense. But in my heart, something's not right. What is it? Well, it's, it's the Spirit of God leading your spirit to lead you in the right direction. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In other words, it's not just about pros and cons. It's not just about common sense. Though we need to be smart people. God did give you a brain for a reason. It's not that you're not supposed to use it. But at the end of the day, you're supposed to be led by the Holy Spirit. Be heart-led, not head-led. Be spirit-led, not reasoning-led. That's what it's all about. I remember um, when, when Tiffany and I, well, we had, you know, um, we didn't know whether we were going to have a boy or a girl. Our first one, we, had, we ended up having Miles. Of course, he's a boy. And then we uh, had our second one, which was David. And um, people will ask me, by the way, why did you name him David? Why didn't you name the first one David? Isn't the first one? I, f- I just forgot, to be honest with you. I, I always said, I'm going to name my son after me, David. And then after we named him, it was about three months later. And I thought, I forgot to name him my name. I'll name the second one David. And so when the second one was born, I told Tiffany, you want to just switch? We'll just name, we'll switch Miles. And she says, he's already 18 months old. We can't name him I said, we could do it. Nobody will know after a few years. So that, thus, it's not that I don't love Miles. I just forgot to name him David. So David's David. Miles is Miles. That's it. Okay. That's a lean not on your understanding. Maybe I should have had some understanding with that one. But I remember, so we had boy, boy, boy. And then I told Tiffany, I know you want a girl. Tiffany's not a masculine woman. You know what I mean? I know there are masculine women, you know, in the world. And I mean, like they're, I'll just move on. Okay. But I'm saying <laughs> Tiffany is a... Tiffany is very effeminate. She's a girl girl. She likes to dress up and she likes to paint her nails and she likes to, she's just all girl, okay? That's just how Tiffany is and I'm glad you are. I like a girl. I like you, baby. Okay, so, um, so here's the deal. We, we, were, we were praying one day or we were, we've been talking over the years and it was a few years later after we had boys and I said, baby, before you get too old, 
because I know it's not me. It's, no, I'm just kidding. I'm older than her. We always tease that way because I'm older than her, okay? She reminds me of that too, okay? So I said, before we get too old, or before I get too old, okay, I said, maybe we should just try for a girl, and I promise you we'll have a girl. And she said, man, you have told me we're going to have a girl like first, second, and third. I don't think you could produce a girl. You've come from all boys. I'm one of three brothers. She said, you can't. Have, you've had three sons. There's no way you can have a girl. I said, I promise you. And I said, Lord, you got to help me out with this one, okay? So all that to say, we went down and we got, ta- you know, uh, insurance makes you wait till 20 weeks or so. But, but uh, I think we went down to like 12 weeks, uh, which was the earliest we could. And we, we paid for it to get a test. And, the, and I remember they came in and they, she said, what did you want? We, we wanted a girl. And uh, I said, could, could I get a, a confirmation? <laughs> that could, could you just check again? They said, what do you mean? put that back on her belly. I just want to double check because I didn't know I made girls. <laughs> I didn't know we could have a girl. They checked. Oh, it's a girl. And she was so happy. Oh, I'm going to go buy pink paint for a room. Oh, I'm going to go. And it was just, but, but I didn't believe it the first time. I needed a confirmation. That's what I'm going to talk about this morning. Can I get a confirmation? See, because when God speaks to you and it's about something important, uh, you want to confirm the word. You want to confirm what you've heard, right? You're, you're seeing something that's not normal. It's different. You want a confirmation. And um, we're led by the Holy Spirit. We're not led by fleeces. We're not led by open doors. We're not led. Uh, we're not supposed to seek prophets for direction. That's not scriptural in the New Testament. What we're, now, now they, may, they may give us uh, words and confirmations, and they can uh, f- uh, line up with what the Lord is speaking to us. But we who are filled with the Spirit, who have the Holy Spirit living inside, He leads us by the Spirit of God. That's how we're led, is by the Spirit of God. So we're not supposed to seek those other things. We're not led by outward signs, but we're led by the Spirit of God. But here's the question. Does God use outward things outside of my spirit to confirm the words, or is it okay to ask for a confirmation? I know that some people would, would wonder that. Is it okay to ask for a confirmation? Well, let me show you a few places in the Bible where God does confirm His word. It's re- it's actually all over the Bible, but in the book of Mark, chapter sixteen, verse twenty, I'm just going to read a few here. Mark sixteen twenty, it says, "And they went out and preached the word everywhere." This is the disciples, and it says, "The Lord working with them and confirming the word." What word? Well, the word that was spoken to them. God confirmed the word through the accompaniment of sign. God confirms the words that he spoke through the accompaniment of signs. So notice the word of God was confirmed. It wasn't just a word and it never came to pass. Jesus, who was the word of God, right, is the word of God, would walk through and as they would tell stories about him, they would say that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken. Jesus confirmed the word of God over and over and over. In the book of Matthew, chapter 16, or chapter 18, verse 16, Jesus said, but if you will not hear, take with you one or two more that by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. Notice there's a word, but then the witness is the confirmation. He's talking about dealing with a brother who sins against you. He's saying if a brother comes up and he, and, and, and a brother, um, uh, sins against you, go to him. Don't go to anybody else. Go to him and deal with that brother who sins against you. If he won't listen to you, then take one or two more back to him. If he still doesn't listen to you, then you move on, you know, to more to the church. But what is he doing? He's endorsing the power of confirmation, 
right? You, you, may, you may come up and you're saying one-on-one -on -one and that's his word against your word, this word against that word. Well, then you bring in confirmation and he says, out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let everything be established. So there is confirmation in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 1, Paul, the apostle, writes to the church of Corinth and he says this, this will be the third time I'm coming to you. And he quotes the scripture. And by the mouth of two or three witnesses, let everything be established. What's interesting about this is Paul was actually witness one, Paul was witness two, and Paul's saying, I'm coming to you a third time. You know, there's times where you go and you'll share something with somebody and say, hey, if you don't watch this, I'm just telling you, you know, it's, it's going to be, it's not going to be good for you. And I, well, okay. And then the Lord brings it back up in your heart and you say, hey, I'm just letting you know again, if it doesn't, sometimes you'll get an ongoing uh, uh, confirmation uh, about your own heart. The Lord will warn you on things of your own heart. There are confirming words. One of the greatest ones we know is in is Gideon with the fleeces, right? We talked about that before, that we're not using fleeces to lead us and guide us. But if you look back at the life of Gideon, uh, it actually, the fleeces, you know, wet and the fleece was dry, the wool fleece, was actually the third confirmation that he asked for. What happened was God tells Gideon that he's going to send him to the Midianites to rescue Israel. Gideon immediately asked for a sign. He said, Lord, I want you to give me a sign because the Midianites are not good people and this could actually end up being bad. And so uh, in Judges chapter 16, or Judges, excuse me, chapter 6, verse 16, he says, show me a sign so that I know it was you who's speaking to me. The Lord said to him, I'll be with you and you'll destroy the Midianites as if you were fighting against one man. Gideon replied, if you are truly gonna help me, notice this, show me a sign to prove that it's really the Lord that's speaking. How many of you know when God tells you something and it's something that's out of the ordinary, you kind of want to go, I really want to know this is God because this could put me in a really bad place. You know what I mean? And that's kind of where Gideon was. I really want to know. I'll do it if I know it's God. And I believe that I'm hearing from God. I believe I'm catching God. But I really want to know a sign. He says, if you're going to help me, show me a sign to prove it. Verse 18, it says, don't go away. <laughs> he tells this angel, he says, don't go away until I bring back my offering to you, he answered. And then the, the angel answered, I will stay here until you return. I think it's kind of funny is he comes and says, God, I need a sign. Or this angel of the Lord, I need a sign. He says, but before you give me a sign, I need to go cook you some dinner. So he goes and takes a goat. Took a while. Takes a goat. He cooks the goat. He bakes him some bread. And, and what's interesting is God said, uh, this angel of the Lord stopped and said, I'll wait for you. Do you know God will even wait on you? He tells us to wait on him, but he'll even wait on you. He'll wait, he waited on Gideon, he'll wait on you, right? And he waited for Gideon to cook him a, cook him a goat and cook him uh, some bread, bake him some bread and come back and brought it to him. And what happened? Well, it says uh, in verse 21, the angel of the Lord touched the meat and the bread with the tip of the staff in his hand and the fire flamed and the rock consumed all that he had brought and then the angel of the Lord disappeared. He gave him a sign. Well, it's a little bit later, the Midianites and the Amalekites and the people from the east, they had an alliance against Israel and they came together and Gideon said, well, I need another sign. Like the army's bigger, it's, a, it's not a good situation and I need a sign. This is where the fleeces come in. These are actually confirmations two or three. He said, uh, put out a wool fleece and if the fleece is wet and the ground's dry, when I wake up in the morning, then I'll know that it's the Lord. What happened? He woke up, he put out the wool fleece in the morning, the ground was wet, and the, uh, the, the, uh, the fleece was wet, and the ground was dry. And so he said, 
okay? And then he tells God, he said, hey, God, just one more fleece. He really didn't want to do this. <laughs> just one more fleece. Have you ever done that before? Just one more fleece. If 13 red cars go by in the next three minutes, you know, I'd, Lord, I really don't want to do this. And so he said, just one more fleece. If I, I'm going to put this fleece back out. Maybe I said it the wrong way. If the fleece is dry, but the ground's wet, then I know. And what happened? He woke up the next morning and the fleece was dry and the ground was wet and he knew it was the Lord. Well, I want to remind you, God allowed Gideon to ask for a confirmation. God waited on him. But here's the question that I have. Wouldn't it be better if Gideon just obeyed the Lord? I mean, think of Jonah. Remember Jonah? He ended up in the belly of, a, uh, of the whale or belly of a great fish. Why? Because he didn't just obey the Lord. And I think sometimes we can, we can hear, we can catch something, and we know it's God. We just, honest, if we want to be honest about it, we just don't want to do it. So we put out these fleeces and things, and we end up testing God in the very things that we should just obey. You know, the Bible does say in Deuteronomy 6.16, it says, you must not test the Lord your God as you did uh, when you complained in Massa. It says in uh, Matthew 4, 7, Jesus responded, remember to the enemy, and he said, the scripture says, you must not test the Lord your God. See, we can ask for a confirmation, but there does come a time where it could start to be just, you don't want to do it. And so we do have to, remember Thomas in the, in the word. Remember he said, Lord, if it's you, show me the, the hands. You know, I remember I watched you on the cross and I want to see those nail prints and I want to see the print in your side and he said Thomas I'll show you those things but because you have seen me you believed but blessed are those who have not seen and yet believed there's nothing wrong with asking for a confirmation but there does come a time where we just need to obey the word of the Lord somebody say amen today yeah I believe that even by the way as we're talking today that the Lord is speaking there could be, as we're under the anointed word of God, just, just saying, there's things that in your heart are popping up and God's saying, I've been trying to get that across to you. I've been trying to speak to you. Just be aware of those things. Sometimes I like to just write them down. As far as I know, as much as I know. Not add to it, just, just, just go right with it. There's three things that I want you to use that, that I believe the Bible uh, would be safe to confirm the word of the Lord, to bring a confirmation. And write these three things down. Number one is, does it line up with God's word? Number one is, do the words that have been spoken in your heart, does it line up with the word of God? God's voice will never disagree with God's word. God's voice will never disagree with God's word. In other words, he's not going to say something fresh to you and say, by the way, this is against everything else I said. <laughs> no, it's going to line up. God's voice is going to line up with God's word. Uh, like I remember hearing a man some years ago that, uh, that had, uh, I, I was, he was telling me the story of he was married, had been married for over 10 years, and he said, hey, I've lost the love for my wife. I don't love her anymore, but I started to be attracted to this other woman. She's a godly woman. And I really believe that the Lord is leading me to leave my wife. No, he was serious. To leave my wife and to go and to marry this woman. And she's more compatible with me that God basically just said, you made a mistake. So I, you shouldn't live all these years with this mistake. You should. So he went to his wife. You know, people tried to talk him out of it, but he went to his wife. And he said, hey, uh, uh, you know... Um, I respect you. We have children together, but I'm going to leave. And he went ahead and he married this other woman. Now, uh, does it line up with the word? Well, you know, in Malachi chapter two, verse 16, the Bible says that God hates divorce. He doesn't hate divorced people. 
He doesn't hate divorced people, but he hates the, how divorce will rip relationships apart. He hates the, the pain and the suffering that divorce will bring. So we know uh, it says in uh, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25, it says, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church. He didn't say have, just have feelings. He said the act of love, for God so loved that he gave, right? Love your wife, even as Christ uh, love the church. In fact, he said, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So we know what the word of God says, even about, and, and two husbands and about husbands. It says in verse 31 of Ephesians 5, it says, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. It says in Mark 9, uh, 10 verse 9, Jesus said, therefore, what God has joined together, let not man separate. So we know that there's a joining together of a relationship. So when this man came and said that the Lord led him to leave his wife who loved him, wanted to stay with him, was faithful to him to go after this one woman, was that the Lord? No, why? Because it's not in alignment with the word of God. Number two, uh, so number one is, does it line up with God's word? Number two, does it line up with godly counsel? Does it line up with godly counsel? See, God's put other leaders and counsel and wise counsel in our lives for a reason. It's not all just about you out in the desert, just you and God and nobody else hears from God but you. God has put you in a safe place, in a safe place. That's what counsel is. It's not to control. It's to keep you sheltered and keep you safe from what's going on. Proverbs 12, 15, it says, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes. But he who heeds counsel is wise. Foolish people think they're always right. And it's hard for them to admit they're wrong. In fact, they have to go, okay, I'm wrong. Like they, they don't even know how to admit it. But wise people are able to say, this is what I believe I'm catching from the Lord. Does that sound like the right thing? I mean, to godly people, not just anybody out there. Um, it says in Proverbs 24, 6, for by wise counsel, listen, you will wage your own war, and in the multitude of counselors, there's safety. Notice, in the multitude of counselors, there's safety. Seeking godly counsel is very wise. It's important to have people that you trust, that when you have major decisions in your life, that you can go to them. I'll tell you what, if you're married, the very first godly counsel person you, you should have in your life is your spouse. That's why the Bible says don't be unequally yoked with an unbeliever because you have two different sources that you're making decisions from. There's never a major decision in my life that even if I know it's the Lord or I believe with all my heart it's the Lord that I don't bring uh, to, to Tiffany and say, would you pray with me about that? You know, there's also a way of, godly, of seeking godly counsel that some people will do, and that's this. People have already made up their minds about something. They just say, well, I already know I'm going to do this but I'm just going to go find someone to confirm this. So they go to someone, they share it with them, and the person says, I'm not sure that's the Lord. They say, okay, I'm not sure you're of the Lord, basically. I'm going to go find someone else. And they go find two or three people until they find some people that agree with them, and then they go, hey, I already got godly counsel about it. No, you got people to agree with you. You got people to agree with you. In fact, if you have a strong personality, if you're someone who's strong and people don't want to come against you and things, you know, sometimes they just don't want to argue with you. And so they'll just tell you, yeah, 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 sure, that's good. Why? Because they know you're not open to receive, so they'll probably just agree with you because they don't want to fight. They have enough fight in their life. 
So you know what? You want to be a fool? You want to be dumb? You want to go? Be a person that makes decisions, you and yourself, and go against God, uh, wise counsel. And what will happen is you'll find yourself hitting and missing in life. By wise counsel, wage your war. And the multitude of counsel, in the multitude of counsel, there's safety. God has not called any person to be an island. We're the body of Christ. He's called us together as the body of Christ, as brothers and sisters, as leaders, and there's something important about godly counsel. You can always find someone to agree with you, but you need godly counsel. When you seek wise counsel, go to them with, don't go with your your mind already being made up. Now, you may really believe you've heard from the Lord. Sometimes, though, there's a person that you saw a part of it. It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, for we know in part and we prophesy in part right? In other words, God doesn't show you everything about a situation. In fact, that's why in the Bible, when he's talking about spiritual gifts, he's, it's called a word from the Lord, not a paragraph, not a sentence. It's a word. Sometimes you just catch a part of it and there's more to it than that one word. And that one word's true, but maybe there are others, some other things true that you didn't take into effect, or maybe there's a timing about it, or maybe there's this, or maybe there's that. And if you have wise counsel in your life, they can help you to, to know how to uh, interpret that word into reality. Does that make sense? This week, there was a big need that came up. Um, Tiffany got a phone call. And there was a big need that came up. And I'll tell you, Tiffany said, hey, this is the need that came up. And, uh, and I said with, with, with an individual that really needed help and my heart was just naturally, I said, Hey, why don't we just step in and do it? Why don't we just step in and do it? And it's not that we couldn't have, it would have been something that, that would have been difficult, but I said, let's just do it. They need help. And I said, but why don't we just stop and pray about it? We stopped and prayed about it. And Tiffany said, Hey, um, my sense is that there's more, there's an answer here and we just need to wait for a minute. It's not that we didn't want to do it but we just wouldn't need to wait for a minute. We need to wait for a minute. So we stopped and we waited. You know, I'm telling you, that's not what I saw right away. As we were there, I, and I told her again, hey, why don't we just step up and, and she said, I just think we need to just wait for a minute. I, let's say we're available, but just let's wait for a minute. It's a big thing. And, uh, but my heart is big and my heart wanted to help and I wanted to just jump in and solve it, Right? And you know what? We just waited, and she, she let the person know, hey, we're just waiting. And do you know that it wasn't just a couple hours later that situation solved itself and came in, and someone else wanted to come in and step into that situation and do, and it was a blessing to them, and it was a blessing to this, and it was what? But if I would have just come in and solved it, it, would, it may have been a burden on me. I may not have had a grace for it, but someone else wouldn't have got that blessing and this and that. Do you understand what I mean? It wasn't an excuse, but I came because of my desire to love and to help and just wanted to solve it. And I listened to the multitude of counsel with my wife, which has happened many, many times. I've come to her and, and I, it's not that she saw something completely different, but she saw more to the story and vice versa. Those things happen. And that doesn't, just doesn't happen with me. We have a church council here at the church that when there's major decisions, we'll bring it to the church council and say, hey, would, can we pray about it? Can we see if this is the Lord? Can we see if this is something? It's not that I can't hear from God, but we need godly counsel in order to wage war. Somebody say amen. amen. And number three is this. Does it continue to bear witness in your heart? See, sometimes you'll get something and just like I just said, you'll have a desire and you're excited about it. But then a couple of days later, you know, you're like, I don't know why I was so excited. Maybe I just was bored. 
But does it continue to bear witness? Romans 8.16 says, the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit. Do you continue to sense that witness on the inside? Philippians 2.13, it says, for it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. I want you to notice God is inside of you. Would you just say that? God's inside of me and he's working. Just say God is working both to will and to do for his good pleasure. You know what it means? To will is to want to. Sometimes you know something's the Lord, but you don't want to do it. You ever been there? (laughs) I've been there a lot. I've been there. But I say, God, it's you who works in me. I want you to get the want to in there. I want you to work inside of me until I want to. And he'll just turn. It doesn't take too long, right? If my heart's humble and open and I just keep open and he wants to and also to do the ability to do it. Philippians 4, 7 says, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Notice the peace of God. Where does the peace land? It lands on the inside in your spirit, right? Our, our spirit is born again of the Holy Spirit, and inside of our spirit, the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace. So one of the things, the peace of God is saying, let the peace of God come out. Come out, peace of God. Let it come out and let it reign in your heart. It says, excuse me, that's the next scripture. It says, and the peace which surpasses all understanding. In other words, the peace on the inside may not make sense to your mind, but it'll guard your hearts and your minds with Christ Jesus. What covers and protects our decisions? The peace. What covers you and protects you and knows that you stepped out on something and you know that it's really the right thing? It's God's peace. It guards your hearts and your minds. It settles you on the inside. In fact, Colossians chapter 3, say one more here. Colossians chapter 3 verse 15, it says this, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts. In fact, can we all say that together? And let the peace of God rule in your hearts. That word rule is literally the Greek word umpire. It's like an umpire that comes in and they slide in. Anybody, you know what I mean? They slide into base and he goes, you're, what? You're, you're out. <laughs> no, that's not safe. Or you're <laughs> safe. Thanks, baby. Good try. Okay. Yeah, you're safe or you're out, right? Right? And sometimes let the peace of God on the inside, you're missing it. <laughs> or you're safe. Things are good. It's saying let the peace of God rule your heart. I believe it's so much to the place where if you begin to depend upon the peace of God on the inside, you'll never stay with a bad decision. I remember when Tiffany and I just got married, it was 1999, and uh, I had stepped down from, I'm one of these guys that I'll stay at a church forever, okay? I was, I was at the church, I'd been there for over 15 years, I was a music minister uh, at the church, and, uh, and I had stepped, uh, stepped down right when we were about to get married because I felt like the Lord was leading us into something else. But the Lord kind of had me. He stepped me out of this church. I love the church. I love the pastor. He was a spiritual father. I didn't know why, but I knew I was supposed to step out. I stepped out, and then I had a very large church ask. Uh, I mean, and it was very notorious uh, in Los Angeles. Ask if I would come and be the music minister of it, and it was a big position. And I was so excited. I said, well, that's why I stepped out, because of that. And you know what I did? I met with them, went and had uh, a lunch with them. And as I did, I accepted the position. I said, hey, uh, you know, I, I knew I was supposed to step out. I was led by the Lord. 
And you know, I got home and I told Tiffany, I said, hey, are, are we excited about this? She said, yeah. I said, let's go walk around. And it was down by Echo Park and we were walking around. I mean, uh, just right in the middle of Los Angeles. And I was excited about this big church. I was about to be a music minister. And you know something on the inside? I didn't have peace. It just didn't settle. I couldn't get a peace. And, 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 and I, as I walked around, I said, well, Lord, I bind that. Like, I come against that in Jesus' name. You know, I bind that opposition of the devil and all this. But you know what? I, I still couldn't get a peace. Next day, I couldn't get a peace. And I went, and I, I, somebody I respected very well, I sat down with them, and I said, hey, I don't know what it is. I just can't get a peace on the inside. And they said, well, if you can't get a peace, don't you think the Lord's leading you? I said, I think so, but I already accepted the position. Well, what do you think I had to do? Humble myself. I called up this notorious pastor, and I said, I apologize. Uh, uh, I, I feel so honored that you would do this. This is like what I've been praying for. Not specifically, but I could just see this would be the Lord. But I think there's something else. And I don't think I should do it. Oh, well, what's wrong? Did we not this? You know, start talking about this and salary and this. And no, 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 no. Actually, I'm blown away. It's all great. But I don't have peace. You know what I did? I just told him, I'm sorry, I can't. And I disappointed them. But I didn't disappoint my own heart. And I didn't disappoint the Lord. And it was just, oh, I think two or three months later, uh, Tiffany and I felt so unsettled. And we prayed. And that's when the Lord led us to go uh, partner with my brother. And that's, that's how uh, we didn't even know. But he said the Lord had just spoken to him about starting a church called The Rock that ended up being just an awesome move of God. And it still is to this day that we got to go be a part of that. But do you know if I wouldn't have followed the peace of God on the inside? I didn't say God spoke to me. I said there just wasn't peace, continued peace on the inside. I believe if it's the Lord, sometimes you'll get out there and you don't know what to do and you have to do it in faith. The Bible says if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask, receive it in faith. And you get out there in faith and you step out and you get into the waters. And as you're in the waters and you're going a certain direction, something on the inside says, I think I'm going the wrong direction. I'm supposed to be in these waters, but I'm not going the right direction. You know what the Bible says you ought to do? Let the peace of God rule. Let the peace of God be the guide and turn that big ship around. It'll, it'll, I don't care if it's embarrassing. I don't care what it takes. You have to just stop. Sometimes I'd be in mid-sentence and I'll just have to stop and say, you know, I just accepted something in this conversation, but I'm not sure. I think I need to stop and pray about it, right? I need to sleep on it a little bit. What I'm saying is I'm not sure I got the peace yet. I need to get the peace on the inside. Um, let the peace, the red light, the green light, just this, a couple of weeks ago back, I was in a conversation with someone and I was, I was uh, talking with them about a, a, a transaction, business transaction. And, um, and it seemed everything go good. Everything was good. We went down the road. But when I was up in the morning and I was praying about things, something on the inside just didn't settle. Do you know what I mean? No, your food doesn't settle. And you like, you you know, I don't want to be gross, but you're like, it's, it's coming up. Like there's not something, it's not settling on the inside. There was something about that conversation that what didn't settle in me. And you know what I did after two or three days? I, I ended up calling him up and I said, hey, can I just talk with you for a minute? And I said, uh, I don't know what it was. I said, I felt like I walked away from that conversation good, but there was something that I'm just not settled about. And he said, well, let me just be straight with you and kind of opened up some things and talking. And I said, oh, that's why I called. He gave me no indication that there was anything wrong. But what was it? I didn't have peace. And I had to go back and follow up with that. 
Well, that was being led by the Holy Spirit. And what happened? We prayed together. It was just a beautiful, beautiful thing. And things turned out better than they ever did. I just wanted you to bow your heads and close your eyes right now. And I want you to say, Lord, as we close this whole series right now, Lord, where are you leading me? What are you, what are you speaking to me? What are you saying to me? What are you? Maybe it's uh, <laughs> you're trying to get me to a place or, or, or in my own heart, you're trying to get me to humble myself. <laughs> or maybe I'm in a good place. I'm right where I need to be. But Lord, I want more. And God, I put my heart in a place of surrender today. Would you do that right now? I like to just open my hands to the Lord as a representation of my heart. And say, God, I open my heart today. I open my hands today. And I say, speak to me. John 10 says, your sheep hear your voice. And the voice of a stranger they don't hear. And I pray today, Lord, that I would be led by the Spirit of God, by the Word of God. I pray that you'd guide me. Show me your way. Lead me on your paths. And I'll follow. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not lack. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil because you're right here with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely, goodness and mercy follows me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in your house forever, Lord. I will dwell in your house forever, Lord. I will follow you all of my days, Lord. I will follow your path, O oh Lord. <laughs> what would I do without you, Lord? Where would I go without you, Lord? God, if there's sheep that have lost their way and are going away, I pray you'd lead them back right now. Lead them back, Lord, into your path. Lead them back into your peace. Lead them back into your righteousness, Lord. Protect them from sin. <laughs> Cover their lives today, I pray. Peace, 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 peace. Lead me by your peace, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Lord. Thank you, God. Lord, and we pray all these things in Jesus' name. We all said amen. Would you stand to your feet today? Well, I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. And if you did, I'd like to ask you to subscribe to our show. That way, the most recent episode will always be in your feed, ready when you are. God bless you, and I'll see you next time on the Memphis Tabernacle Podcast. Yeah.